Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, that's Melachim Aleph. We are about to study chapter 6, that's Perak Vav. And this chapter deals with the building of the Beit HaMikdash, which is really the culmination uh, of the entire process of the exodus from Egypt, the giving of the Torah at Sinai, the entering of the land, um, appointing uh, a, a king, and now uh, uh, securing the peace, securing the land. Now Shlomo, as we have described, has reached the height of wisdom, the height of strength. He did it through an atmosphere of peace, an atmosphere of making alliances, and and through smart management of, of his government. Um, uh, securing all of the raw materials and the labor and everything necessary, and now he is about to, to build. It is important to point out, um, you know, that you know that this, that if we remember, you know, David, King David, wanted to do the building, but God had told him, you know, no, it's going to be for your son. And as we know from the Book of Chronicles, David was a person who had to secure the kingdom through war, through fighting. And this was not the purpose of the Beit HaMikdash. The perp- and during, well, once, uh, there's a lot of understandings of this. One of the things I wanted to point out was that, that when somebody uh, is at war and fighting, then the, the God that they appeal to, the God of the foxholes, for example, in other words, they, they need God's help for strength to sometimes do things that are not not uh, so holy to put it mildly in order to achieve a greater aim um, to secure peace to secure sec- security and so on and prosperity so David that was not an environment where um, a, a temple a big beautiful temple should be built God's presence was there God's presence was felt through the um, through uh, the, the, the people's prayers the people's service that occurred with the ark that the ark that was traveled with them but what now they're, they're settled in place, so we tend to focus on our own personal, um, you know, wealth, our own personal uh, pleasures, our own personal comfort. So we build homes, we build uh, farms, we build businesses, and so on. So now the focus has to be: well, we need to make sure that there is a place for God in our lives, right? We need to make sure that when we're prosperous and when we're successful that God has an important place in our lives. And the temple serves as a, as a way of reminding us of this, a way of placing God within us in times of prosperity, in times of peace. This is why Shalomo is now commanded, uh, is now going to take upon himself to build the house. He needs to remind the people, yes, everything is great, but we can't forget God. God is not only for when we're suffering and struggling. God is also needs to be the focus of our lives. In fact, now this is the real purpose. Now we need to transmit this message to the world and pay attention and focus on this as we read through the building of the Beit HaMikdash and remember how important it is to realize that the focus of the Beit HaMikdash, the focus of the temple, is to be to bring this message of justice, of peace, and God's laws to the world. So, and this could only be in this atmosphere of prosperity and peace and success. 
So uh, today we'll begin this. It, it, a lot of this is is is, is um, measurements and descriptions, which may not be that exciting to read, but we're going to go through it anyway, uh, and we'll find the lessons that we could find because there certainly is much to be found here. By Vishmonim Shana Meot Shana. And it was a 480 years, let's say, B'nai Yisrael Me'aretz Mitzrayim, after the people of Israel left the land of Egypt. And it was B'ashonah HaRaviyit, in the fourth year, presumably the fourth year of Solomon's reign, B'chodesh Ziv, in the month of Ziv. It interestingly uses the language Ziv here to refer to the second month, Tuachodesh Hashini, which is the second month. L'mloch Shlomo al Yisrael. This was uh, from the the meaning the fourth year of Shlomo's reign over Israel. Vayiven Abayit Ladunai, and he and he built the house, the temple to God. Now, it's interesting because this is the first time we hear the the second month of the year referred to with a name. The name is not the one that we are currently familiar with. We're currently familiar with the names that came about much later in the Persian period, Nisan, Iyar, and so on. So the month that we would call today in Hebrew, Iyar, is being called, given a name, the month of Ziv. Now, um, it's unclear why Shlomo, why Solomon decided to give the month's names all of a sudden. Until now, until this period, the months have always been referred to by numbers, the first month, the second month. Now, the, um, it's just something to think about why he decided to name these months. And a ziv here is it's probably from the language of ziv, which means to shine. This is the month of the springtime, the month where the sun begins to shine and, and flowers begin to blossom and so on. So the, the word name ziv would be a very appropriate name for the month. Um, so, and of course... Pointing out again what we started with, that the 480 years is listed here as 480 years from when the people of Israel left Egypt, this, depicting this as the culmination of that process. And it, it's for those that uh, celebrate Pesach, Passover, you remember the song, the famous song of Dainu, which goes through the process of the exodus from Egypt and the culmination of that process is the building of the Beit HaBechira, the building of the Holy Temple. And that's what we're about to read here. And the house which the King Solomon built for God was 60 amot, 60 cubits long, and 20 wide, and 30 high. Now this is, uh, an ama is probably somewhere in the range of a foot and a half. So 60 amot length would be about 90 feet long, uh, 20, uh, 30 feet wide, and and probably about 45 feet tall. For those days, this would be a very impressively tall and impressive building. Um, and the haulam and the the hallway al pnei which was built in front of the great hall within the house, was esrim amarako. I'm not going to go deeply into the. Um, uh, into these measurements we're going to go through these quickly if you want there are books out there which have pictures and diagrams and so on um, I, I, that's not really what I'm going to focus on but we will read through them just to get a sense for the impressive grandeur of the building and for some points which I'll point out as we go through it uh, this went along the width of the house which was uh, 10 cubits deep it's width across the house and this next verse four, Vayas Labayit, he made for the house Chalonei Shikufim Atumim, which is interesting. As the Talmud in, in uh, I think it's in Tractate Sanhedrin, points out that these windows are Shikufim Atumim. They are uh, they look outward and they are tighter on the inside. In other words, 
they focus outward. And those, this is backward from windows that we, in those days, typically the windows were, were a thin slit on the outside and then opened as you went in in order to project the light inward, to bring sunlight to light inside the building. These were deliberately done the opposite way, and the symbolism being uh, imagining that th this building is built to project its light out onto the world as opposed to uh, bringing light in. This would be a source of light to the world, and these windows represented that in the way they were built. And out along the outside of the building, so the building, the, the base of the building, which we just said, uh, discussed before, along the outside of the building, there was a, a um, like a, another structure that went along the outside called the Yitzia, exactly what this is, the commentaries discuss at length, at Kiro Tabayetzavit, which went along the walls of the house on the outside, Lehechal Veladvir, uh, the walls which were the walls of the Hechal, the Great Hall, Dvir being the Holy of Holies, Vayatsala Otsaviv, and he made all kinds of side chambers around the outside of this. Hayatia Tachtona, I'm going to go through this quickly. The outer uh, uh, part of this Yetzia was Chamesh Ba'ama was five Amod in width, Vatichona Sheish Ba'ama Rachba, and the uh, middle one was six Amod, Vashlishes, and then the third one was Sheva Ba'ama Rachba. These are the measurements of these rooms alongside the outside. Ki Migraot Natan Labayatsaviv Chutza. Because he um, he he placed places um, uh, these uh, I translated as recesses. I'm not exactly sure how to do this. Um, were uh, on the outside of the house. So that these outer rooms shouldn't penetrate into the walls, so that the the size of the actual building would remain intact. It's an interesting point. The house when it was being built. For those of you that remember from the, uh, the, the, the Torah rules that, that the Mizbeach, the altar itself, cannot use, you cannot use uh, iron tools when cutting those stones. And the reason is because, uh, because iron is a tool that represents death, that represents uh, weapons, and the, the, the altar of God needs to be built with stones that represent life because the purpose of it is to bring life to the world. Now Shlomo, here Solomon, extended that idea to not just the altar, but to the, the entire building. So the entire building was built with Emven Shlomo, with whole stones, Mason Nivna, that were, um, that were uh, completed, uh, built, Umakvot Vihagarzen, there wasn't a a sound of an axe or a or a uh, hammer or any kind of saw or any kind of iron tool was not heard at all at the building of this building. So uh, there was not a the 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 stones had been masonivna had been cut at the quarry and brought whole after being cut there. So at the site of the building there wasn't a single iron tool to represent this idea that not just the altar but the entire building was meant to be a building of life a building to bring life to the world not a building meant uh, that that wanted that that would in any way represent death this was something that shlomo uh said on his own i also wanted to point out that these measurements we don't know where he got them from this and this is different from what we find in the building of the tabernacle in the desert where god gave Moshe, God gave Moses a specific dimensions. Here, Shlomo decided these dimensions on his own, and it's not we're not told that he was told how to do this, which gives it a little bit more of a 
uh, of a structure that's built by people, by human beings, in the way that they want to build and devote something to God. Pesach Hatzelah Hatichona, um, back to those rooms on the outside, the opening of the inner, uh, middle building, El Kesef Abayis Haimanes, which was on the the right side of the of the house. Uvelulim Yalu Al Hatichona. There were these winding staircases that went. Um, up through the middle room, from the middle room up to the third story. So there was several stories. I remember the building was tall, so these rooms on the outside had different stories with winding staircases going up and down between them. When he built the house and he, um, he completed its building, we're going to see, this is the first time it says that he completed it. And interestingly, and we'll deal with this soon, the um the the completion happened several times and it's not clear exactly why it says that but we'll we'll deal with it as we go through the first time it seems he finished the basic building of the of the of the structure the basic structure and he paneled the inner part of the house with wooden panels and planks and boards of cedar wood so the building, this main structure was the stones that we just talked about. But if one were to walk in the building, one would see the, the, the walls of wood. It would be paneling of wood on the inside. And, and this would have been very um, impressive to someone walking inside. And this outer structure with all the rooms was built uh, across the entire house. Which was also five amot in height. And then, so then, if you looked from the outside, you would see uh, only cedar wood, because the w- the the buildings on the outside were also made of wood, so you wouldn't see actually the stone. So this this is the uh, uh, the first description of the building, of the basic structure of the building, um, as opposed to the rooms. And now um, we're gonna I'm gonna finish with the a small little speech here, which is kind of stuck in the middle of this chapter, describing all these measurements of God's word to Shlomo Solomon, which really points out and gives us a flavor and idea of what the point of this building is. And something which, for those of you who have been studying with me, or, uh, you know, we all know that, that the, um, the, the, uh, the uh, words between the prophets and the people of Israel that's going to ensue for the next couple hundred years after the building of the temple is going to be this this uh, give and take between the people who think that the building is uh, that it's the ritual, it's the building that's important. The building will save us. The the rituals that we perform in there, while the prophets keep telling the people that no, that's not the point. It's not the building. The building might be a place where you can come for inspiration, for focus, for people to come together, and so on. But the point is your actions. The point is how you live. Is the point is what you do. And God makes this very, very clear to Solomon as he's building this grand building. He comes to Solomon to make sure that he understands that this building in and of itself is not a place where I reside. I reside everywhere. What I want from you is for you to keep my laws, to keep my rules, and live the way I'm directing you to live. If you do that, then this house will last. This house will be something important. This house may be a source of inspiration and hopefully bring light to the world. But if you don't behave, if you don't act properly, the house itself is nothing. And this is the message that God reminds Shlomo in the beginning right here. Um, the word of God to Solomon was as follows this house that you're building right in other words and God makes it clear that you are building 
because you and the people are building it for me. Remember that emphasis. Shlomo came with these measurements himself. <laughs> this is the house that Shlomo is building. This is the house that the people are building. So God says, okay, if you keep my laws, and you keep my my commandments, and and you guard them, to live that way. And then I will keep my word with you, as I promised David your father. And then I will reside. God says, not in the house, but within the people of Israel, and then I will not abandon my nation Israel. God makes it extremely clear that it's among the people that I will reside, not in this house, but this house is fine as long as you live the way you're supposed to live. I will complete here this half of this chapter, um, and we'll continue chapter 6 in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying this together with me. Looking forward to studying the rest of chapter 6, the rest of the book of Kings. Have a wonderful day.